Welcome to Pilates 101, the podcast where we bring you the latest and most up-to-date information on anything and everything to do with the Pilates industry to help you build your dreams and your businesses right now. Hello everyone, it's Glenn Withers here. I am one of the co-founders of APPI, the Australian Physiotherapy and Pilates Institute, and your host of the Pilates 101 podcast. And so it's December time. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays to all of you. I hope that the uh, upcoming festive season is a good one for you all. And so in this, our final podcast of 2021, I put it out to uh, some of our members, some of our Instagram uh, ambassadors and some of our colleagues in our clinics about the questions that they might want to put to us as we reflect back on 2021. And so I've got a list of those questions here in front of me that I'm going to answer as honestly as I can for all of you in this podcast And I thought, well, you know what? You guys want to hear from more than just myself for sure. So I've invited a couple of our master trainers on to the episode as well to answer the same questions for you. And I wonder perhaps if it's a opportune time um, after you listen to the podcast here to maybe ask yourself these questions as well because maybe they're questions that will help us reflect on what has been yet another crazy year. I mean, honestly, where has 2021 gone, right? It feels like uh, just yesterday that we were starting this year full of hope and promise that 2021 is a distant, 2020 is a distant memory and 2021 is here and it's going to be a much better year for us all. Uh, Sadly, that was not to be. So it's been a challenging year for sure on many levels. And as we reflect back on 2021, I guess the first message from myself is simply to say a huge congratulations to you all, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, whether it's a one-person studio, a uh, multi-facility centre, whether you're working out of a church hall or you're working out of a private hospital or a uh, large multinational global corporation, wherever it is, wherever you're spreading the word of Pilates, of movement, of health and happiness, then well done for surviving. Um, Because in all honesty, if I look back on this year, certainly from a studio owner point of view, um, I think that's probably the greatest achievement that we will say is that we're here, we've survived, we've made it through these last two years. Um, But let me get on to these questions that have been put forward by some of you guys out there. Now, the first question that has been asked of myself, and as I said, I've put these to a couple of our master trainers as well, who will be on um, later in the episode, is what was your highlight of 2021 Pilates teaching-wise? Okay, so uh, interesting question there. Um, I guess if I'm honest, brutally honest, the highlight, and maybe this doesn't come as too much of a surprise for those of you that uh, that joined us, but I think it would have to be the virtual conference. Um, I think a number of things have been great this year, um, you know, being able to really refine and produce very high quality uh, online courses. Um, engaging and growing the online offerings that we've been able to give to you guys, which has been, um, you know, enormously helpful for those of you in more remote locations, for sure. Um, Pilates TV, um, its launch and its uh, its growth over this year um, and being involved in, in that as a, as a teacher has been great. But I think if we're talking Pilates teaching-wise, um, then I'd have to say it's conference uh, 2021. We did the virtual conference um, but why it's a highlight for me is that for myself, I have to keep challenging myself every time one of these events come around to create new content, to create new inspirations for you guys so that you enjoy uh, your sessions with me, that uh, I can provide inspiration to you guys. Um, one of the, uh, the internal quotes we have um, within our company is to innovate and motivate 
Um, and that's what I really try and focus on when I'm designing my sessions for something like our conference, um, which comes up sort of every other year. And so this year when I um, was coming up with my all new ab session, I really had to explore the abdominals and movement and really question myself, what do I mean by all new abs? How can I create that content? How can I create something that's new and unique and different? Um, and then how can I get that across in a 90-minute session? Because if I just hammer your abs, we're not going to make it through 90 minutes. Now, some of you that did the session may say that's exactly what I did, but I didn't set out to do that. I wanted to look at it and say, right, how can I do this differently? So, for example, in that session, we went through um, you know, how to bring in um, sort of repeated sets of a sequence of movements rather than just sort of a class that flows, <clears throat> excuse me, a class that flows sort of on and on, which is what sort of the more traditional or classical type of, of Pilates class would be. Um, and so I guess that, that really is, is probably the highlight for me because of that challenge of having to create something new, of having to come up with new movements, new routines, new programs, um, and then refine that, practice it myself, um, get myself in the in good enough shape to, excuse me again, to be able to, to do that for you guys. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be, that would be it. All right. And on to our next question. So think about this as we go through guys, think about asking yourself, what was your highlight of 2021 Pilates teaching wise? Um, and our next question here on our 2021 reflective episode is what about the most challenging aspect of 2021 for you work wise? Well, the most challenging aspect for me, work-wise, has got to be the clinical side of the business and the studio management side of the business. Um, when I look at the challenges that we're faced, I mean, continual changing guidelines obviously was a challenge to all of us. Um, knowing what was the right thing to do within those guidelines to ensure that we kept our community safe, that we managed to uh, uphold the standards of how we teach within these continual, continual changing guidelines. Um, wearing a mask 12 hours a day, uh, that's challenging for sure. Um, don't enjoy that. Understand why we need to do it. But uh, yes, I, I don't enjoy uh, that aspect of it. Um, so I guess if I take this in, in two points um, or two concepts, for me as a Pilates teacher, what was the most challenging uh, thing um, not being able to give tactile feedback um, in the early part of the restrictions that we had. I found that really challenging. I'm a very tactile teacher. Um, I, I really like to you know, get very close and involved with my clients and, and really position their limbs and, and, and show them exactly what I want to do. I like to demonstrate a lot, so getting on and off the equipment. And, of course, you know, we weren't allowed to do those things um, Everything needed to be sanitized. You couldn't second uh, double use anything. So, um, so I found that quite challenging for sure. Um, but then, on the, the the flip side of that, um, yeah, challenging running the studios for sure, for sure. But actually, looking at the questions in front of me, I think that's where the next one comes on to. So let me not double dip the answers there. Um, so let's come on to in reflecting on 2021 as a clinic owner. Can you tell us your experience over this year? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. As a clinic owner, let's go through it. So we started January in lockdown. Um, so again, we redesigned our class timetable yet again um, because we ha had, had it obviously through the first lockdown. Then we came out of lockdown and we had, and we had the chance to... Um, to bring some classes uh, or some private sessions back in at least anyway. Um, and then we started to be able to bring small groups in and then we couldn't again, so we had to readjust the timetable. So continually changing timetables. Um, and when you're doing that with, you know, 30, 40 people within the clinical side and the studio side of the business, that's a lot of people to manage and move around and find times. Um, we had to write protocols about you know, working from home and what 
taking a Zoom class meant, what your background should be like, what your uniform should be like, what the expectations of your lighting, of your sound, of all of those things. So, you know, documenting everything to ensure our standards are maintained was very challenging. Um, But if I look back over the year, I'd probably say one of the most challenging things for us um, has been staffing and keeping the staff um, maintaining high quality staff. So when you bring in new staff, are they um, you know, at the level of expectation that it is to have an APPI um, physio and Pilates center and a session at one of our centers? You have to achieve a certain level. There's an expectation on us about the quality of what we bring to our sessions and to our centers each and every day. Um, and access to staff has been really challenging this year because in our business anyway, um, at any one time, normally, you know, 40 to 50% of our, of our staff are Antipodean. So Australian, South African, New Zealand, um, you know, that's a large part of, of who comes into our company, if I'm honest. And, and obviously that went away. A lot of people from, from those parts of the world, um, you know, left London, went back to their homes, went to other parts of, of the world as required. And then people coming obviously just stopped. It wasn't allowed. So, so keeping the, the business going, um, keeping the staff going, um, and then whenever you bring new stuff on, of course, you have to mould them in the way that you need your centres to run. And we do have very high standards of our staff um, and we expect a lot from our staff. So um, I think that's been challenging and then it's just been a challenging world hasn't it with people because you know again things are very unpredictable Um, not just finding the right staff keeping good staff finding the right staff um, but then understanding your staff you have to be so much more understanding as a center owner right now Um, you know the, the everyone's going through a lot and that has implications on what they can and can't do work wise then obviously the um, you know, COVID restrictions, self-isolation restrictions, people wanting to travel, but that means that they have to self-isolate or that has other issues on when they come back. So the leave is extended. So I think that's probably been the, the biggest challenge um, from that side. And then, of course, communicating all of those changes and the reasons behind those changes to a, a very loyal client base um, is also very challenging um, because you don't want to go into anything too... Um, specific or personal about why uh, people are either coming or going, but you you have to understand that the the clients and the members of your your centres need to be kept informed of what's going on. So balancing that whole process, um, if I'm probably brutally honest, has been uh, the biggest the biggest challenge. All right, so let's see what's next. Hopefully, I'm on track here, um, and then on reopening. Um, formally. So the first part was there was sort of the early part. Um, how did it go in terms of clients returning staff challenges we just spoke about and how did you get the business back up and running? Um, all right. Lot of bloody hard work. If I'm honest, <laughs> brutal, sorry, being honest. Um, that's what it is this year. I don't think I've worked, well, we probably worked as hard as this or equally as hard as this when we were setting up the businesses. But um, you know, when you run a business for 20 years or more, you, you think that you've got it pretty well fine-tuned and running. Um, but when things change so much and the guidelines change, what you can and can't do change, staff change, um, it just piles on on the volume. And any of you studio owners out there, honestly, I just I, I applaud you all for being here in December of 2021 with our studios intact and our clients happy, our staff happy and things rebuilding. Um, it's no small feat at all. Um, but yeah, a, a, a lot of hard work. Clients returning. How did that go? Um, look, up and down, um, uh, I would say, if, I, if I'm honest, um, many clients were, were, were longing to return. Um, I still don't think we fully understand the change in buying behavior, client behavior around mat work classes and how many people are coming back to in-clinic versions of those or in-center versions of those versus the online uh, platform. Um, I know that our online classes through the, the, the APPI clinics is, is still going strong and actually growing again. Um, 
So my overall feel of clients returning is that they were returning more for the specialist services, the equipment. Um, Our reformer classes responded quicker than anything and have grown and continued to grow. Um, And our Pilates one-to-one services were slow coming back. I think that was more a confidence thing. Um, Strong again now, building again now, which is great. Um, I think the reformer classes is what really was great to see. I think people were really you know, begging to get back out of their lounge rooms and off their floor and onto the machines again. So um, I think that's been the biggest sort of positive from the, the clients returning. That was really strong. Um, one-to-ones, I think that, you know, it, it was slow. Um, I think people that really needed it, they were more of a sort of rehab-based one-to-one, they came back quicker. But the wellness one-to-ones, you know, I think everyone just took time to get comfortable with going back into studios and societies and, and things like that. Um, and how did you get the business back up and, and running? Look, uh, we just stuck to our principles and our processes. Um, we looked back over, um, you know, the, the business plan, which outlines the ethos of the company and the position of the, of the company and reminded ourselves the, about the core principles of who we are and what it is we want to deliver and ensure that we could continue to do that. And if we do that and we stay true to our ethos and the principles of who we are and what we are as a business, then we were confident that our clients would return. Um, so um, I think that's, uh, that's really, I hope answers that question. Um, and then next question here, what have been the biggest lessons you have learned this year with the ups and downs and what it is like running a physio and Pilates business this year? The biggest lessons... Um, right. Again, I'm trying to be as as purely open and honest here with you guys as I can. I think acceptance is probably a big lesson that I've learned this year. Um, That there are a number of things that are out of your control and therefore trying to fight that or resist that or um, work around that isn't always going to be the case. That there is an element of accepting where you are right here, right now, and doing the very best you can within those parameters. Um, I think patience, again, I think I've been reminded that um, patience is a virtue and that if you, again, stay true to the ethos of who you are as a person and who you are as a company, and and I think those two things reflect each other, um, and you're patient in the way that you deal with with others and with situations, that you can find the right pathway through um, all of this slash anything that comes up. Um, And of course, resilience. So I think uh, acceptance, patience and resilience are probably key components of of how I feel Elisa and I have have got through these last two years. Um, Of course, we have the the benefit, and I, I honestly... Uh, hold my hand up to anybody doing this on your own. Um, I, I'm not sure we would be able to do what we do without each other. Um, I know Elisa is an enormous uh, support for me. Uh, it keeps us focused and on track and inspires me to, to be better all the time and to keep going for sure. Um, but I think that's that's probably the, the big lessons for me. Um, you know, accept where you are and what you need to do in order to continue to move forward and to grow, um, to be patient, to trust um, that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, 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 yeah, believe, stay focused, know who you are, know why you got to where you are and trust that that process will, will continue through. But certainly, um, you know, I think it's thrown a lot at us. Um, I don't want to say <laughs> everything because... Who knows what's around the corner, right? Um, but uh, it's it certainly throwing a lot at us, as, uh, certainly as studio owners, for sure. Um, so if you are out there and you're listening to this and you are not a studio owner and you work for somebody who runs a studio, they've had a bloody hard time over the last couple of years. So do tip your hat to them. Um, do try maybe think twice about everything they're dealing with because if you, if you don't own a studio, you have no idea 
what the work that your your studio owner is going through, the late nights that they're all having, the, you know, they, they never leave away from it. You might do an amazing job in your studios and then leave when your shift is finished and go on and do something else. Whereas a studio owner, that doesn't happen. You never leave it. It's constant. And that's why we do what we do because we love it and we want that. Um, but uh, if you are listening to this, be kind to your studio owners. They're doing the very best they can every single day to try and ensure that they provide an environment for your clients and therefore a job for you guys to be able to live your lives. Um, and all right, and finally, we look forward to 2022. And what does that hold in line for you, Pilates-wise, and any specific goals or aspirations for 2022? Um, look, guys, um, we have a lot of goals and aspirations. I, I don't think, um, you know, Elisa and I would... Um, be where we are in terms of, of what we've been able to build today if we didn't continually push ourselves and have our goals and aspirations. Um, you know, a big goal we've had over these past sort of 12 months that uh, Elisa has done a lot is to really refine our processes and our policies and create as much of a repeatable system as we can because we would like to um, look towards additional centres. Um, Pre-lockdown, that was our big focus. We were you know, on, the, on the brink of launching um, another three or four centres. So I think we will come back to that. Whether we do it or not, hard to say because the, the world has changed, the climate has changed, the industry has changed. So we need to review what's possible for us there. Um, from an education point of view, I think it's, it's, we were talking about this just last week, I think it's newness. We want to create new content for you guys, new programs for you guys. Um, Pilates TV is a big focus for me in 2022. I want to really push that and grow that, and hopefully I can get your support on that as well. Um, so they would be our, our big goals for 2022. Um, working towards opening additional centres, whether we actually do that or not in 2022, I think you know the industry, the market, the global climate will uh, have a bit to say on that. Um, but I do believe we will come up bringing out a lot more new content for our education uh, communities and really trying to, to focus and enhance and grow Pilates TV is a great service for you guys. So so that's, that's me. Um, all right. So uh, what we will um, do now is I will hand over to the lovely Mel Bryant. Mel and I caught up. And, um, and she's going to answer these similar questions to what I've answered there. Um, and then after Mel, we'll have the lovely Sarah Norris on to um, answer some of these questions from her point of view as well. So guys, um, enjoy the next few interviews and then I will see you on the other end. All right, guys, as promised, we are speaking with some of our master trainers from around the world for a look back on 2021 in this episode. And I'm delighted to be joined by our master trainer. We're both sat here in London, although as you'll uh, appreciate from the accent, Mel may not be a true Londoner, um, but I'll leave you guys, if you haven't met Mel, to figure out where the accent is from. But Mel, how are you? How are things? Yeah, I'm really well, Glenn. I think I'm uh, just on the back of recovering from conference, which was amazing. So yeah, been a sort of positive, fun week. Yeah, it was It was a great weekend, wasn't it? It was uh, different, of course, because we're used yeah. to doing this, you know, 250 people and you can't take a step after presenting without many people asking you questions, which is really uh, interesting and enjoyable at the same time. But it was, it was just great to actually be able to explore movement in a, in a setting like that, right? Because it's been so structured with courses and everything to just free up from a presenter point of view and explore movement again was pretty cool. That was great. And I think also now you have the option to watch so many different sessions. So I think that's also really good because normally you have to choose and this time we had a little bit more freedom to be able to see all the awesome speakers and also to have all the people from all over the world. So yeah. for me, it was great. I think I did miss seeing some of our international presenters, obviously, but it was also a lot less scary for presenting that we didn't have to stand <laughs> on the stage, we're just in the lounge, it was all good. So yes. much better. <laughs> true, true. Well, look, we're not here to, to talk about conference so much. We're here to have a look back on 2021 now i don't know about you mel but honestly this year has just 
bypassed me. It's like, how are we here at the end of the year? And so when we sat down and thought about, you know, let's do a reflective podcast, you know, I, I had to think back and I was like, gosh, okay. And then it was like, yeah, you're right. We started this year in lockdown again, right? And it was all bizarre and we didn't know what we were going to do. So it's a very broad, open question. I understand that. But, um, can I ask you to give us your sort of elevator reflection on the year from a sort of physio and Pilates point of view? What, what's it been like for you? Yeah, so exactly. I feel the same. It's like a total blur. Um, I, I know when you said, uh, you know, you just told me we're going to be doing a reflection on the year. I was exactly the same. I was like, I can't actually even remember what we were doing at the beginning of the year. And I'd also kind of forgotten that it started off again in another lockdown. And it was a mean lockdown. I think this this for me was, was the nasty lockdown. So I think everybody was a bit more grumpy this time around. Last year, we had some sunshine. It was new. Um, this January, it rained every day. It was dark. It was miserable. Um, and then people didn't know again how long it was going to last. Um, a bit of the uncertainty. Um, and I think the only thing obviously in our favor was that this year, obviously we could be open. So for me, like we were just so grateful to still be able to allow all our clients to come in, especially those that really needed it. I think lots of people were still nervous, um, which is obviously to be expected because the numbers were very high, obviously in January as well. And again, we were a bit yeah. uncertain, but the good news was that the vaccine rollout started. And then I think people were really keen to come back and start things. Um, the guidance was a little bit better than last year. So I think again, people were you know, a little bit more sure. And I think also, you know, we were even allowed to do some of the Pilates rehab classes yep. and I think our clients you know those are the ones that really need to come the fitness is is nice to offer um but I think there were people that were desperate to move and because of the poor weather it was difficult obviously to go for walks and all the things that we did last year so I think we were in a really fortunate position to be able to still offer our services yeah and then uh what was it coming out it sort of started to open up more directly from a sort of generalized Pilates point of view in, in March, April, April I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was around that April time because, again, you know, gyms opened, but you know, we were still a bit, uh, uh, well, no, look, uh, other things opened and then you know, gyms were one of the last things to come back, which obviously had an impact, obviously, from, from our community, which has both the physio and the Pilates world there. Um, so when you were able to get back and actually start teaching classes again, what was it like from your experience in terms of the people coming as a teacher? I mean, you know, we're in face masks and, you know, all extra cleaning procedures and, you know, at the clinic, as you know, we were misting overnight and doing all this other stuff. From your point of view, you know, as a, as a physio, as a teacher, people coming in, what, what was that like as, as things started to get back? Did, did people come back for your classes? Was it a slow burn? What was it like? Yeah, so actually it wasn't such a slow burn. I think they were desperate to come back. So, <laughs> so they were full and we were almost needed more, but obviously we could only do, you know, so many at the beginning. But I yeah. think everyone was keen to get out of the house, get away from all the um, children and husbands and wives. <laughs> was, oh, I wondered well. where you were going with that statement, Mel. was like, which one's going to come first? You're going to say husband or children? <laughs> I'll start with the kids. Yeah, right. um, but I think, yeah, people were just excited to be able to move and especially, you know, the classes, as I say, picked up well. I think obviously there were some people that were not that keen to wear PPE, which is also understandable. It's hard to exercise in a mask. So, you know, it was always a little bit of a mixture, but most of our clients were really sensible, respectful. Um, and I think, you know, teaching in a mask, I, I have to say, I still hate it. <laughs> um, and that actually, I think, is one of my bigger challenges for the whole year was like, you just don't see people's facial expressions. Um, maybe it's good in a Pilates class because then when they're suffering, I don't, I don't see that so much and I just keep going. So maybe it disguises <laughs> that we can, you know, kill them off a little bit more. But um, I think it does take away the interaction a little bit yeah. um, and you've kind of forgotten even that we needed to have extra time you know between all the classes you know now we sort of got back into a better routine and we've got better at cleaning and getting people to clean themselves yeah. as well but yeah. at the beginning that was hard as well you know you always had to plan make sure you're running on time that we're not mixing people so I think we were really fortunate especially at the Wimbledon clinic that we've got lots of different areas so people can just come yeah. and then some people can be in a different room. So that was helpful because I think that was one of the things at the beginning was logistically how we could keep people um, social distancing. Yeah. Um, so that was tough. 
And then physio-wise, I think like people were desperate also. They had been carrying injuries and people were really keen to come back and, you know, get sorted and, and yeah. get going. Yeah, I think we were, certainly we were fortunate on the physio side that we were able to, you know, to a degree, continue to do what we needed to do. And certainly massive difference for me reflecting on this year to last year is we actually could help people. The, I mean, the... the uh, some of the injuries that we saw coming out of the first lockdown when people just had no care was it was heartbreaking in a way because you just knew they didn't need to be in this position right like double leg breaks all this stuff that we could have got over so quickly had been left for months yeah. but look you, you've said something interesting there about the challenge of working for the um working with clients with the face masks and the lack of interaction you know one of the things i wanted to ask about was what was your most challenging to the aspect of 2021? I mean, well, is that I it? Were there other things? What do you think? Keeping my hands moisturized was a big challenge. So <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of cleaning and yeah, that's yeah, definitely- A lot of hand washing. <laughs> hand washing, exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, like that, as I say, interaction for me is a big thing because I feel like that's part of our job. So I would actually say that wearing PPE at the beginning and especially when we were in aprons and all those things, I felt like there was like a physical barrier and people, I think, because they're also nervous, had like an emotional barrier as well. And even like today, I actually saw a lovely lady, but she was very anxious and she was like, I haven't been out much. And you still see how we having that, you know, that effect of the pandemic is actually still present. Um, and I think that's a challenge we have to still deal with every day because people are still nervous in some respects as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Interesting. All right, well, let's, let's look at it from the more positive side. Let's look at um, when you look back on it from um, sort of a Pilates teaching point of view this time, and, and you can interpret that, be it teaching clients or teaching students, whichever way you want to tackle that question. But from a highlight point of view, what, when you look back at 2021, what's that sort of highlight or most positive memory you have? Yeah, I think for me, I've, as you, you know, I've worked a lot with the comprehensive students. So these are our sort of non-medical um, um, students that we have. And for me, I think, especially during lockdown, we enabled many people to start a new career. And yeah. like, for me, that's amazing. So there were people that come from all different backgrounds, um, different experiences. And I think lockdowns and pandemics gave people a chance to review their lives and make changes. Um, and teaching them how to teach Pilates. And lots of them have had that sort of positive experience themselves for their own bodies. For me, it's just amazing because we can really help them. And I think the other thing that actually I love during the year is actually teaching in-person and live stream and a bit of a mixture, like it's not the same. And I think you get like good experience, but different experiences in both. And for me, actually, I quite enjoyed that. It's nice also sometimes just you can roll out of bed and, and come and teach rather than having to, to head up and do in-person courses as well. So there's, there's, there's pros and cons. Um, yeah. But I think that's nice, you know, and even like our online classes as well for teaching, you know, it made it much more accessible for people. And that also, we, I think we met a lot more people from Ireland, from places that, again, they wouldn't be able to travel um, and we were able to reach a lot more people, which was great. Yeah. That is true. That is true. I must say, yes, I don't think I've uh, spoken to a comprehensive student that hasn't said, oh, I've had Mel. I think <laughs> yourself, um, Sarah Chambers has done a lot of the equipment work and um, uh, a couple of our other presenters' names escape me right at the moment. I apologise. Um, the comprehensive, it is, it is, uh, it's a, uh, an honour in a way, right? Because you are literally giving people a brand new career. I mean, you know, uh, people listening to this may not appreciate, you know, we've got accountants, we've got people from banking, we've got school teachers, journalists, all sorts of people from various professions that are now coming and, you know, often have had that experience of having an injury, doing Pilates, it got them better. Now they want to teach it, they want to change of career, more versatility, more ownership. And, yeah, it is, it's, it's quite... Um, rewarding in a profound sort of way when you especially for you you've been able to see a lot of them go all the way through right yeah and that's the thing I've been fortunate often I see them at the beginning and you see such a big transition and you know even now we've just had um, some of those students coming through and being offered jobs in our clinics and that's yeah. so exciting they're all so excited and it's like yeah. to you know they never imagined that these things would even be possible so yeah. it's amazing 
Very cool. Very cool. I like that. That's a good one. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, lessons. You've, you've touched on a few things maybe, so feel free to, to repeat. But if you look back, I mean, what are the main sort of lessons you've learned yourself from a sort of Pilates and physio point of view this year? Yeah, I mean, I think basically that we're, we're stronger than we think. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think it's been, a, it's been a tough time for everybody. And I think also for me, I think that people came out, I want to say, not in such good shape on the back of this lockdown, emotionally, physically, or in all sorts of different ways, mentally. Yeah. And I think through doing our job where we hopefully get to motivate and inspire people, it actually motivates me in a way to kind of be positive as well, because I think sometimes it's hard always like, because we're all in the same boat and you're hearing negativity a lot. Yeah. Um, and actually like, you've got to just change that around and actually being back and seeing people, I think it's just been so good to get that interaction back again. Yeah. Um, so I think that's helped. And I think also the other thing probably that I've learned is that actually it's not such a bad thing to slow down. So yeah, true, true. I think, you know, always trying to run at hundred miles an hour. And actually in the last two years, really, we've had time to reflect, do other things as well, like just things at home that maybe you didn't really find enjoyable because you're always rushing. And now when you take a bit more time or you've got a bit more time with your family, um, that I think has also been really valuable as well. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's turn our attention to next year. The the, the big question, right? Because we probably had this exact conversation a year ago. Because you know, twenty twenty one was going to be different. Turned out not to be so much. Um, so twenty twenty two. Let's you know. Let, let's look forward. What are, what are you thinking for twenty twenty two in well, terms I'm of, sort of your goals? Be better, and we never have to talk about COVID again. But sadly, I don't think that's probably true. Um, so you know, I think again we're going to have to play it a little bit by ear. Um, but one of the exciting things that I'm going to be doing is um, my women's health training on the physio side. So I'm hoping to sort of bring that in, obviously a bit more into my practice, but also like I haven't done the menopause course yet, which I'm hoping to do soon. And some of the other sort of women's health ones that have obviously just been launched. So I'm hoping also to kind of set up a little bit more um, on the women's health side as well. Okay, oh, good, good. And what about uh, getting home? Have you been able to get home? I mean, I've been home for three years now almost. Is that on the agenda for next year? Is that possible? It's on the agenda for December, actually. Is so, it? Okay. Um, Christmas yeah so basically we're very fortunate well hopefully you know we just keep you you never want to say all these things yeah, but yeah. It's like it's on the isn't heart. that funny how we've learned that you never actually know you can't actually plan really exactly. I've still got to do a PCR test sometime between now and then so uh, we'll okay. see how that goes but yeah no we're planning to get home um top up with some vitamin d um and then yeah start start fresh and as i say you know i know that last year we thought this year would be better and it's been tough but it actually has been better so i think yeah. we're moving in the right direction the vaccinations obviously are going well and you know i think i think exactly travel is also important because that's what a lot of people have missed out on sort of travel yeah. and experiences too yeah. um and yeah so i'm very excited to be able to go home and hopefully very fortunate since we were on the red list for nine months of the year okay. <laughs> so yeah very good very good well Mel I appreciate your time I won't keep you any longer but um I, I do just want to re reiterate and this is 100% true it is always a pleasure to talk to you you do have a fantastic energy about you especially when you're talking about your Pilates teaching I, I know how passionate you are about it but it's always brilliant to just see the way that you sort of light up especially when you talk about the sort of career changes that you can bring into people and you know, again, I guess uh, hearing you say it makes me reflect on 2021 as well and all the things actually we did achieve rather than what we missed out on. And Yeah, we did do a lot of educating this year and, and we helped people in a, in a huge way. And you're an enormous part of that, Mel. We could not have done what we did this year without you and your expertise and your relentless passion for teaching. Give me another course. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so uh, it uh, actually has been a, once again, an absolute delight to have you on the teaching faculty, to have you on our physio team in the clinics. And may, uh, on behalf of all of us, um, I'm sure the entire Pilates community out there in the APPI community, but from Elisa, from myself, from all of the APPI family, may we wish you all the very best of the holidays as well. Merry Christmas to you and to yours. And hopefully 2022 is a brilliant year for you. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Glenn. It's also always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me today. 
Um, and you guys also have a wonderful Christmas and yeah, let's smash 2022. <laughs> All right. Awesome, Mel. Thanks very much. I will Thank see you, you soon. Cheers. Hi there. Thank you so much for inviting me back on to the podcast. I will just work my way through the questions one by one. And the first question is, what was my highlight of 2021 Pilates from a teaching point of view? Um, so with this question, there's definitely a few highlights that jump out at me. And one of the most recent ones actually was teaching my mums for the first time face-to-face -face, um, for the first time in 18 months, probably a little bit longer than that, actually. So, yeah, I taught them for the first time a few weeks ago and it was a really special moment just teaching and, you know, being back in the studio with the mats out and the babies and although we've been connecting with our mums all the way through lockdown online. Um, it was just something really special and nostalgic about being in the room back face to face. And yeah, I just felt the whole thing flowed better and everyone was so grateful to be there. So it was a really nice experience. So yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Um, also, well, the Pilates conference, of course, it was fantastic to be invited so thank you very much for inviting me back to conference and I was lucky enough to present on both days so I was able to share my passion um, teaching the Pilates reformer for pregnancy and postnatal and teaching Pilates in the pelvic floor as well so I love teaching but it was really nice as well to get the feedback so both courses both workshops were well welcomed another highlight actually so sorry I've got quite a few here but presenting my reformer course for the first time. So I wrote that during the first half of the year and I presented that, I think it was maybe, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe it was, was it late summer? But I presented that for the first time. And that was, um, you know, really, really special as well because, you know, when you actually spend a lot of time writing something and then you actually are lucky enough to be able to put it into practice. And again, that was really well welcomed. And then last one, it's not, not directly teaching related, but we have acquired a new building in North Liverpool for our North Liverpool clinic. And um, yeah, that hopefully we'll be able to teach from that building all being well from May onwards. So it's not directly teaching related, but as you can imagine, I'm dreaming about the space that I can teach in a nice brand new space with brand new equipment and hopefully we'll be doing that from May next year so at the moment it's just in the back of my mind I'm dreaming about it but again that's another highlight being able to acquire those premises and hopefully to yeah start teaching there soon. The next question what about the most challenging aspect of 2021 from a work point of view? Oh Gosh, where do I begin? Um, this year, in addition to last year, really, it's just a never-ending slog with infection control um, every day coming into goodness knows what, literally, not really knowing what to expect, but I did expect a drama most days, not having all the workforce available through no fault of their own, not being able to, to do what I, want, what I wanted to do because of my own family commitments and home teaching requirements and just COVID issues. So it's been just been really, really tough um, from all angles. And we've also in many ways redirected the business. So we've moved away from some services, we've created others. So from a challenging point of view, just that constant readjustment, realignment, you know, having to look over your strategy again and you know, not only that, but having all your reserves and your safety nets vanishing. So I've just felt really frazzled at times. I know you guys at APBI have as well and most <laughs> small business owners, but my vulnerability has been really exposed countless times over the past year, stroke 18 months. 
So my path has just been cluttered with so many obstacles that quite frankly, there's been more than one occasion that I've not really known what's happening from one week to the next. So yeah, so the ongoing uncertainty has definitely been the most challenging aspect. Another question, reflecting on 2021 as a clinic owner, can you tell us about your experience over this year? Um, so yeah, so you want to know specifically from January to March what that time was like for me. So I'll be completely honest, everything is a bit of a blur and it's quite hard to differentiate one month from the other. So you say January to March, but I'll be honest, I can't really, I mean, you know, Actually, there's been three lockdowns, but <laughs> it doesn't really, I can't really differentiate them. So it's really hard to say, yeah, from January to March, it was like this compared to April, May. Um, yeah, there was the lockdowns, but then the comeback from the lockdowns. So being able to teach online was and is still fantastic. But the anxiety, sorry, the uncertainty left me quite anxious. And I felt that quite a lot in my teaching. And probably if you go back, if I was to go back, which I never was, because as you know, I hate watching myself on screen. But if I was to go back and if I was to watch myself teach in January, February, March on the recordings, to be honest, I mean, maybe other people wouldn't recognise it, but I'm sure I'd be able to see that high level of anxiety just in my face because I was just in survival mode, to be honest with you. You know, I'd love to run a clinic through a pandemic, so no clinic owner ever. But I do believe it's also taught me really valuable lessons. It's made me reevaluate my own goals and directions, and it has allowed me to work smarter and not harder. And then you ask about reopening formally, how did it go in terms of clients returning, staff challenges, and how did I get the business back up and running? Well, I was still offering online classes with great numbers. And it's really funny actually, because the clients attending those classes the clients that we thought would be the first to come back they were the ones oh when are you reopening again when can we come back but actually you know we've made numerous attempts and we are running a hybrid model at the moment of face-to-face -face and online but the clients that I thought would literally snatch up the spaces face-to-face -face, they're the ones that remain online so we still don't have and I don't believe in the midterm future we'll have all those math face-to-face um, face -face classes back. From a staff challenge point of view, um, we're all human and, you know, staff looking after their own families, including young children. That's been really difficult because we've all, each and every individual team member had, you know, lots of different things to consider. But our business has never stopped trading. We just modified our service delivery and then we reintroduced pre-existing services and introduced new services along the way. So we sort of had a staged return. We upgraded our online system and probably jumped ahead about five years when it comes to technology and things that we do, like our improved online booking system, for example. And we now have more than 50% of um, card payments going through the remote online booking We've introduced a new system for clients to book classes through. So having those things in place has certainly made that process a lot easier. So ultimately, there's less face-to-face -face or telephone contact required for booking appointments. So I do believe that, you know, it's a very hard uphill process to get the business back up and running. The patients were there, but, you know, as you know, we were all working through very different circumstances and the world has changed. It sure has. So the next question, what have been the biggest lessons I have learned this year with the ups and downs and what it's like running a physio and Pilates business? So I mentioned this earlier on, definitely, I've always tried to do it, but I think the pandemic has almost forced me to work smarter and not harder. And then just staying focused on one to two goals at a time and realizing that you can't do everything at once. I had to realize that when most of the reserves went from underneath my feet during COVID and not having, you know, the workforce in as 
readily supply, not also being able to guarantee certain amounts of work and just thinking how on earth am I going to be able to manage all these different pillars of the business in one go? Well, actually you can't. So focusing on one to two goals at a time. And then I just see, I always refer to my business models as spinning plates. You get them up and running and then you just maintain. And yes, you have to also be ready to evolve and move on, but actually you still have to maintain. So once you have them up and running, you can maintain and then focus on other goals. So, you know, you're not having to create lots of new things all in one go. I definitely didn't choose to run a business in a pandemic, um, but I do feel genuinely that the whole process has been, you know, a whole training school for me. Um, mentally exhausting, but I definitely feel a stronger leader, a stronger character, and I'm actually more confident as well in my own ability to be able to achieve new goals and work with the visions that I have. And lastly, you asked, what does 2022 hold in line for me Pilates wise? Any specific goals or aspirations? I'm really excited for the opening of our new Crosby location. So it's not a new clinic as in a new clinic to add on to our existing two clinics. It's just a new building to put our Crosby location into or our Crosby clinic into. So hopefully that will be sometime in the late spring. That'll be super. So I can't wait to have some new equipment there and some new team members and expand our existing community. And I'm also really excited, of course, to be part of the Women's Health team for the new Women's Health certification for APPI. This is definitely an amazing area to work in. And being an educator in Women's Health and Pilates, that's really high on my own list for next year as well. So I've got some really exciting physio-related education projects coming up next year. And, you know, I did say that 2022 would not be as busy as 2021, but I think it may be busier, but I'm hoping that it's going to be busier with the things that I want to fill it with. This year has been full of quite a lot of things that I wouldn't have chosen to fill it with myself. Thank you for your time as well. Thank you so much for welcoming me back onto the podcast and have a great Christmas, a great new year and a super 2022. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, it's me back again. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Mel and Sarah there and it's maybe just given you um, additional reflections, thoughts, things that um, may resonate with you. Um, all that's really left for me to say here is a huge thank you to all of you who have supported us this year in 2021, um, both in terms of our APPI education community, our product community, and of course our clinic and studio community. Um, may I wish you and your families, families all the best of health and happiness over this holiday period. May 2022 be a much better year for us all, for you all, and for all of your families, wherever they are in the world. On behalf of myself, of Elisa, of all of the APPI team, we wish you all a very, very happy holiday period ahead and all the best for 2022. We'll see you in January. Bye for now.